No One Told Me is for all those times you wish someone just a little ahead of you would tell you what they did in the same situation, in the same season of life. On this podcast, experience is worth a thousand words, or at least 30 minutes worth. Welcome to No One Told Me. honest with you about what motherhood is. Motherhood is just simply a lot of Google searches and online shopping and diagnoses via WebMD and sweating. I mean, just it's amazing the amount you sweat. You see, we've pulled a mom from the pro circuit this time around. She has three kids and not just kids. She has three girls. So to say it gets real on the daily over at Brooke's house, that's an understatement. She's the first person I call for advice. So instead of just handing out her number, I thought, why don't we just bring her here, sit her down, and ask her everything she knows about being a mom. Welcome to No One Told Me. Every mom is just figuring it out. All right, welcome to another episode. I am here today with my friend, Brooke, who is a mom of three. And if anyone knows anything about this mom life, it is her. Before we jump into our topic. I want to ask you, Brooke, what are some of your favorite things? What do you like to do? What do you not like to do, but you have to do it anyway? Just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're about. I guess people who know me well would say I'm a fitness lover. It's deceiving. I do love fitness, but mostly because they have free childcare. Um, (laughs) I want to do pull-ups wherever I go and say, check that bad boy out. Um, I love food, good food. I'm, I'm probably hashtag in the mom life because once you have three people, you just kind of give up. People feel bad. People feel bad for me. (laughs) And they go, well, (laughs) she's either got this figured out or she's just a lost cause. And I think I'm a little bit of both. Just a little mixture of the two best things. (laughs) So we know you love to work out because you get that free childcare because moms need a break every now and again. There's no shame in that game. That became my outlet. I was always in some form of athleticism or racing or doing something. But when I had kids that gets put on hold. Mm -hmm. So I was a mom hardcore and I was getting used to that new adjustment. And then I needed my broke time. We don't have family here locally. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like, Hey mom, can you come watch the kids so I can get something done or run an errand? I always have my kids with me. I love it. I, that's the only way I know how to do things. But there's also like a special time where you can say it's about me. But right at now. some point, you will hire anyone to watch your children. Well, you do you want to go down that road? I know we didn't talk about that, but did I ever tell you that we hired a stripper to babysit Charlie and I didn't know it? It's so true. It happened. How did you not know? Well, she was working. She was hired to work in childcare at our gym. But did she oh, take great care of the kid? Well, it was only Charlie at this time. <laughs> but I last minute got an invite to a Christmas party and I said, okay, we got to find a a babysitter. We get her to babysit. I had to call to the gym. When I come back, she was sitting on the front porch of my house in the middle of December. My two-year-old had locked her out of the house. (laughs) I said, what happened? She said, I went to go let the dog out and Charlie locked the door behind me. So Charlie locked her out in the middle of December on the front porch. What are you going to do? You're going to leave the kid that you were paid to babysit? You couldn't call anybody. Times are tough, man. Um, So eight years ago, when you became a mom, what was something that you didn't really understand it until you experienced it. Any mom, once they put that baby on your chest, it becomes so real and you love them. But I think I was totally blown away by the paranoia. I felt like that mama bear instinct of this is my most prized possession and I will kill to protect you. Kind of, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it was like her being my little 
cub and I was the mama lion and I was feeling so fierce. And and I don't think that goes away. Hmm. Like your mind plays tricks on you and your imagination runs wild. And you think, I don't know, that maybe I'm just a paranoid mother, but I'm super, my love is so strong in this paranoia. And we'll get into this a little later, but the amount of worry that all of a sudden overcomes you, things you never even thought about or considered, the scenarios you develop in your head of what could happen. And truly, Kelly, I'm not a worrier by nature. That is my husband. I'm not the worrier. I always say, let go and let God. And I truly trust that he's got us and takes care of us. And nothing happens apart from his approval. But at the same time, when you have a baby, that is your prized possession. So I was like, you hold on to this grocery cart. You don't run away from me. You know, I don't know who's in here. I'm sure there's somebody that's going to steal you and sell you. I and started saying to Henley when we leave just, the grocery store, even when we're outside getting the kids unloaded, keep your hand on the car so you don't go far. Did that catch you? Oh, I was so you. proud of it. And the first time I bumper said sticker. it, even Henley <laughs> just stared at me. Like, did you just tell me to say that out loud? That's when the thunder roars, <laughs> go indoors. Listen, I am just, I, we do need to put that on a bumper sticker. <laughs> Somewhere and all that's gonna be a mom blog. Gosh, it's just waiting to be written. It'll run itself. It will. Let's be honest with ourselves. For me, the thing I didn't get until I became a mom was how completely overwhelming it is. I just people tell you all these things you know. You're like this. People do this all the time. I know. Joke. When I first had Henley, I would sit in the living room with her. Because you're by yourself, maternity leave. You're just sitting at home by yourself with a baby. And I would intentionally watch 16 and Pregnant because you wanted to know. Mom. No, because I thought if these people can, they can do, do it. it. I can do I this. I thought this like, so many times. If, and I would I would watch show after show. I put it on like a cycle. And Ryan would come home. Are you still watching that? Yes, because if they can do it, I can do this. And that was my like pep talk every day was watching well, an episode of that stuff. I, I feel like we do our best, but every one of our children are going to need therapy at some point. It you is. Know? So <laughs> there's nothing. It's just, I get at this point, it's how much therapy they're going to need. Well, how, how did you prepare for having your first? And how did that preparedness <laughs> work out for you? The moment we found out we were pregnant. Mark, my husband, is a planner doesn't even describe him accurately. He is so on top of things. He came home literally the day after we found out we were pregnant with books and books and books. And I wanted to do this mom thing well. And so I read all those books. I don't think one of those tips or tricks or anything even resonate with me once the baby got here. Like in your mind, you're prepared for it. And, and then that goes out the window. by the seat of your pants. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm more happy-go-lucky of a person. So mm-hmm. once the baby got here, your my mom instincts just kicked in. And I'm like, you know, this is what we should do or this is what we shouldn't do. Or I was always calling my mom. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that those books actually help. I think they made me more scared and like, oh my goodness, bottle feed or yes. breastfeed. If we bottle feed, what bottles do we use? Do we cloth diaper? Do we do disposable? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think it overwhelmed me more than it helped me. And that was with the first. Mm-hmm. With the first, my mom got me what to expect when you're expecting. Yes. And I, if I woke up with even the slightest little bit of pain, which nine times out of 10 was just a gas pain, <laughs> I was for sure that Henley was growing a third arm yes. and that she was there. And I would read that book like two or three in the morning and try to you web and be it. Listen, I've diagnosed myself with every disease you can come up with and I've beat them all. So in the end, you're an overcomer. I am an overcomer. They can't (laughs) hold me down. I'll get through it every single time. (laughs) But with the first, so you're a little bit crazy. Yes. You you are not a little bit crazy. You are legit crazy. It's so funny. Side note. I have incredible sisters and sister-in-laws and the last round, so our third baby, mm-hmm. we had the same time they had their first babies. And Mark and I, mind you, third baby, we are very relaxed. We are very, oh, she eats that off the floor. Jovi's okay. been unconscious at least She's, twice. She is <laughs> legitimately knocked herself unconscious at least four times in her two years of life. And we just say, 
she'll be fine. Wait till she wakes up and we'll give her a popsicle. (laughs) But it's so funny because my sister-in-laws or my sister, they are very like, oh, they've got her in water aerobics at six months and they've got her in soccer. And I just keep thinking how funny that is because Mm -hmm. that's the stuff that we did. We legit had them in every activity super early. We didn't realize it was such a waste of money. It is Mm -hmm. such a racket, you know, to put a a two-year-old in soccer, for goodness sake, trying to watch them fall. Emily is an all-star. She's an all-star. She's destined for Is it, does it really help you or is it just pay babysitting like very expensive babysitting it but it is so funny to watch if you compare like how a mom of one changes mm-hmm. the diaper compared to a mom still of uses three the car cover did not go to store that car cover hey you know Ever. since we're talking about this you know what happened to us last night this is hashtag mom life we go to bed it's like 11 o'clock mark and i get up early on sunday morning so we're just trying to get some sleep and i hear a kid come to the foot of the bed and i'm like oh goodness what kid is this and then I smell something. And I was like, the baby. It's, it's Jovi. Jovi, is that you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you poop? She's potty training. Mm-hmm. And so it's dark and I lay her on the bed. You know, I lay her on the bed to change smell. her, right? Yep. So I start changing her diaper and I realize this is not your normal poop diaper. And then I'd say, Mark, will you turn on the lights? You, you're going to do it in the dark. The amount of oh, times yes. I've tried to change a diaper in the dark. Because oh. I in my head, I'm like, if I don't turn the lights on, they're not going to really wake up. They'll go straight back <laughs> Oh, back. yeah. That, exactly. I don't the, know what I'm wiping. I don't even know if I'm wiping it. I'm just off. doing the best I can in the dark, and that's got to be good enough for the moment. But I said, Mark, turn on the light. Something's not right. There was diarrhea all over my sheets. <sighs> it was dripping out of her diaper. And then you know what I do? I use a soapy rag, and then I cover it with, I take a it towel. off. Yeah. I, well, I was like, started to cover the towel. I was like, I will not sleep with this smell yeah. in my house. So we had to strip the beds last night. But that is like a normal occurrence. Isn't that funny? That that's so what becomes like, like. And it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't even bother you anymore. No. I did the Heimlich at dinner the other night and we went back to eating dinner like nothing ever happened. And we it took us till we laid in bed that night going, we just did the Heimlich. That's no big deal. That's hilarious. See, but that's ter- that's still terrifying to me with two kids. Like I'm just waiting on one of them to choke and Ryan just to look at me to do something about it. Okay. So you jumped into this mom thing with three kids, but with Charlie, let's talk about the first kid when we're crazy for a minute for all those moms who are pregnant with their first or maybe have a little one. What absolutely terrified you about becoming a mom? I think just that really human selfish nature of my time is no longer my own time. You know, for us, we, we got pregnant early with Charlie. And so I think we were the first of our friend group. We were the first of our siblings. This is the first grandkid, you know, from both sides. And I automatically knew that I can't just go, you know what I mean? You can't, you, your life revolves around sleep schedules. And if the baby is grumpy or if you have to get a babysitter, if you need to go somewhere by yourself and your I think just, just not, it's just own. not your own. Yeah, and that is, a, and I think that takes a good six months to even wrap your head around. Mm-hmm. But once you do, it becomes your norm. Yeah. So now I don't know what life is without my kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's why when the second and third come, it's just, it's so just easy add to it. Just add to it. Know. Exactly. I had the hardest time when I was pregnant with Henley and Hagen. I didn't connect with them while I was pregnant. People told these beautiful stories of, oh, I knew the moment I was pregnant and I loved them from the moment I found out that I was going to have them. And every time, and as soon as we picked a name for them, all this connection, I didn't feel any connection. I loved them on some level already. Sure. But as far as like, um, I can't wait for you to get here. I can't wait to hold you. Like none of that. I wasn't, it wasn't like Lisa Frank rainbows for me. It was just, I'm pregnant. There's a human being that's about to come out. This is terrifying. How actually? How is that going to happen? How's this large thing going to come out? Yeah, that's that super was terrifying. My focus. Yeah. And oh, this is so sweet. But then they came, and it was this moment. Like, what did we do without you? Yeah. What What was this life? Yeah. Before you we cannot had go you? back. Life didn't that, exist. 
during it, I just remember thinking, something's wrong with me because I'm not connecting with this baby. Like, Ryan would talk to her, talk to Henley in bed at night, and he'd be like, why aren't you talking to her? Well, because I don't fully believe she can hear me. What, is my belly with the microphone? Like, no, what? I think every There's mom, no way she knows what I'm saying to her. I think every mom has some period like that. Mine was not so much pregnancy as it was infancy. I loved my newborn baby so much, but when the baby can't engage with you when they don't even fix their eyes on an object or they don't smile. I didn't, I was used to say to Mark when I was so sleep deprived and just exhausted, I would say, I need you to love this baby because I'm so tired of feeling like I'm the only one that likes this kid right now. And I'm so tired. Yes. And, but it's the mo- the moment that they start interacting is when I thought that now this is fun. I yeah, love that baby, thing, but it's so fun. It is just on the bottle. It can do nothing. change diapers, but that's all he can do. And it's different. You know, if you're, if you're bottle feeding your baby, you better make sure your husband pitches yes. in on with those feeding sessions. Mm-hmm. But if you're breastfeeding, especially in those early days before you give them a bottle, it's on you. Mm-hmm. I mean, and let's be honest, it is on you. Why wake up your husband mm-hmm. if you don't have to? So. I literally, I remember telling Ryan, I feel like I've become a part of this recliner. That I, I'm like physically attached to this chair. Sinking in. And if you try to pull me out, you will rip skin off because I am fusing with the leather. <laughs> and it was, it was so hard and it, I would get so frustrated because it, it was so overwhelming. But that was the hard part. But let's talk about what surprised you in a good way. Mom life is my absolute favorite stage of life. So as scared as I was to give up my time and be selfish and all that, I love watching little Brooks and Marks run around. Mm-hmm. I love them so much. I love to see their personality. Um, we have three girls and all three of them are drastically different individuals. I mean, personalities night and day, their likes and interests night and day. I am so intrigued by that. Like, I think it's so cool that God gives us these three kids and they're a product of the same household, the product of the same nurturing. And all of a sudden they're, they get to, you know, they have their own hearts and minds and, and wills. And they're each so different. And they're so different. They are so I different. I think that is so cool. That's also what, terrifying. Yes. Because, you know, you raise all these kids and one could be Mother Teresa, one could be an axe murderer. You don't know. But that's, God gives us free will. Look at the draw. You know, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny to me, though, because it's it's awesome and it's also terrifying because they're their own person. But even honing in on that part that they're all different. I remember every friend of mine who has kids, who had kids before me, they could probably go back and they text me messages and through a period of time in March 15th till like I would say May 15th of 2015 I was texting them daily just anything that happened should this be happening right now is this is this what should be happening or okay she Henley's not doing this yet but that baby's doing it should I be concerned I think that's normal Henley's not uh she's not sitting up yet but this baby's sitting up <laughs> but every baby is different I learned that yes. that it doesn't matter that they were born at the same time I remember I had a friend who had a baby just days after Henley and this baby was doing all sorts of stuff that Henley was not doing. And I thought there's something wrong with him. Well, there's that's something wrong. I think we live in a, a society now where everything's so highlighted because we have social media and we can share baby's first steps or baby's first solid food or whatever, you know, it is, it will steal your joy. It will absolutely steal your joy. If you're a new mom that's or so true. you cannot compare your baby, your baby will be Albert Einstein. And you would not know it because you are, well, why is that baby crawling and mine's not? You cannot get caught up on stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I had to, I had to do that with my third baby. Why is she not doing this as quickly? And I go, Brooke, that's so silly. She's perfectly healthy and happy and normal. They just all do things differently. What product made your mom life easier? Girl, you know what I'm about to say. It's because I let I you have because it. Because you gave me one. I yeah. saw the commercial for it and I was so grossed out until I became desperate for it. And I had a baby that had RSV having a really hard time clearing the congestion. 
And so it's called the nose Frida. And it was, the it's most from, I want to say it's said. from Sweden. It is, it looks like a straw that you attach to your baby's nose and it looks like a mom sucking on the end of it. I know that sounds terrible. It there are the, filters I, in place where that can't even get close to your I, mouth. But I, tear, I judged you so hard when you bought this. It thing. is so great. Because it, it's the most disgusting thing in the world. It does look disgusting. But those dadgum bulbs from the hospital, I remember, oh, man. I remember getting the advice to get as many bulbs from the hospital as you can so you don't have to buy any. So just gra- grab them. Put them in your bag, take them home. And I swear Henley will be a mouth breather for the rest of her life because the damage I caused sticking that thing so far they're, in her nose. They're huge. She will never be able to <laughs> breathe through her they nose ha- again. They harbor mold. <laughs> they're nasty. And when you're desperate, when you've got a baby that but can't breathe, you will do anything. With the second, I tried that with Hagen, and I swear I thought I was sucking his brains out. No, you it do. It, it does. It, it's it's uh, very satisfying. Especially, and you know, I can see the acceptance in his eyes when I go for it, and I'm holding him down. Like, he just knows I'm gonna, this is going to be okay. It is. I just have to mom just this. just get through it. Just get through it. I'll be able to breathe. But also, um, I discovered this with Henley. It's called a snoozer. And because with her, I became this insane warrior, and I would watch her breathe. I was not sleeping at night because I was convinced myself. I convinced myself if I fall asleep, she'll stop breathing, and it'll be all my fault. Like that was my chain of events. So Ryan found this thing that connects to her diaper. It monitored her her stomach go up and down. There's a lot of products like that now. And the alarm would go off if it didn't. And that's the only reason I was able to sleep. And I swear she wore that till she was almost two years old because it's I was, okay. That's I was okay. An insane person. Um, the Bob Strollers. Also, if you're an active mom and you want to hit the that road and run is. in any capacity, mm-hmm. or even if you want to go to the zoo, yes. that thing handles like it's a, a Rolls Royce. It is so great. It have is. You been in Rolls I have Royce been before? many in my day. <laughs> no. Back in my beauty queen days. <laughs> Stop. You don't bring that up. <laughs> what kind of expectations do you or have you tried to meet on this journey of being a mom? I'm very fortunate that I have a very high achieving mother that had home cooked meals for us every night. We felt loved and nurtured and she's just really fantastic. I wanted to mirror that, but also that also set the standard super high. So my mom, she had natural childbirths. I cannot imagine doing that, but there are women way stronger than I, but to me, I was like, give me the drugs. I mean, like as soon as I, did I both. Them, give them to I've me. done both drugs are wonderful. And I remember just laughing through, mm-hmm. but the time that I did without drugs, it was awful. I mean, the pain is what it, you expect it's it to be. It's, it be. it's so it's, it's unbearable. And then all of a sudden, you feel so great afterwards, though. Mm-hmm. You feel so great. I'll just I was walking around that. like, hey, guys, you may teach a group fitness class right now. I'm just going to pee a little bit on no, myself, but gonna, it's fine. Uh, they give you diapers. They give You know they those do. things are literally That's diapers. Like they are diapers. It's You're like right. a mattress, actually. And they put it in mesh panties. In your mesh panties. <laughs> Try to take it. They're so good. Grab, grab some of those bulbs <laughs> and grab a few pairs of those mesh panties and you are set. You know what? You don't even know, need to go to Victoria's Secret. Hang on those mesh panties. Come up to your waist. Get a Sharpie right pink on the back of it. <laughs> Those are legit. Those are legit. <laughs> For me, the expectations came from Instagram and Pinterest. Like, yeah, my mom set an impossible bar and I just had to accept it wasn't going to happen. I would watch other people on Instagram and I would see all these ideas on Pinterest. And every time I would try any of those ideas on Pinterest, I ended up either crying or yelling at somebody because <sighs> if you want to see me sweat, give me a craft project. Oh. And I will pour sweat, but I won't I'm quit, with you. but I'll do it in it, but it won't be anywhere close to what they're asking. So that is expectation. I felt like I was letting other people down when really I was just letting myself down. You know what? No I know my limits. I know I, my limits. Yes. I know some of those things are a lost cause in my house. Sometimes I, we do a craft, but it has to be simple. It has to be something we can clean up. It can't be sli- that slime. Gosh. Play-Doh. 
Play-Doh. Get that Play-Doh out of my You've house. You've given me Play-Doh if before. You, I don't care. We're not it's friends because anymore. someone gave it to me, and I literally opened that present, rewrapped it, and gave it to you. I appreciate that. Because it is the worst creation. <laughs> Do you know the clean freak in me literally gets anxiety starting to think about Play-Doh? It, it, like, my blood pressure just rose. That's why I can't go into your house because it's so clean all the time. No, I just want to rub some of Joby's diarrhea all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty to go around. Plenty to go around. <laughs> we have talked about this before, so I knew I wanted to ask you this. You have three kids. You work a part-time job. You volunteer. You do insane amounts of things. How you juggle everything and still keep a positive attitude. How you're still an encouragement to others. All of that. How do you That's not want to punch someone in the face? I do. No, I'm just kidding. I'd like to think that we are all overachieving moms and we do our best. But for me, I had to prioritize. It took me several years to figure out like what's important to me. A clean house gives me, it's my chaos free moment. That's the one thing that I can control a lot of the times. So that's important to me. Cooking and cleaning for my family is important. So home cooked meals and healthy eating is important. How home cooked do you mean? Like, is there a level of home cookedness? They're pretty much from scratch. I mean, but most of the stuff we do are, is healthy. You I'm know what I mean? Luckily for my husband, he's a big salad person. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big salad person. So I can get away with just like throwing some lettuce and some veggies in a bowl some nights and just saying, here you go. Bon appetit. But I had to let go of things that weren't important to me. I'm not going to sit down and do flashcards with my kids and make homemade hats out of paper mache. You know, like that's not me. They may not be Some the moms are great. ones in the class, but they are well Hey, I'll tell you They're super bright. I lock them outside and say, do your alphabet. <laughs> not true. <laughs> you can't come in to your What's two plus two? <laughs> now you can come in and have dinner. You want a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> What's the times table for five? <laughs> but you told me, and that's some of the best advice I've gotten, is you said, I pick out the two or three things that are most important to me. They are. That's truly what I have to do. And in the chaos of it all, I focus on those things because those are things that are going to make me feel like I'm on top of everything. And I've got some excellent mom friends who are some of my mom goals, like they're my mom, my mom mentors and cleaning their house is not important to them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they just broke down and had you know, someone come clean their house. Heck yeah. Good for you. You got to figure out what works for you. But two, they'll say, you know, after dinner for me, I think going and playing with my kids is far more important. And I agree that is more important than cleaning your kitchen. From my perspective, if my kitchen's a mess, I cannot enjoy as much time with my kids when I know I've got to come back. Nothing lingers in my household. And I feel like that is how I'm proactive as a mom. My laundry doesn't linger. I'll constantly have something going. Dishes don't linger in the sink. Our emotions don't linger. We address things really, really quickly in our house. We don't let anything linger. So that for me is what works. With not letting emotions linger, when you have kids, one of the things that is impacted is your relationship with your spouse. Inevitably, it changes. It looks different. How do you not harbor resentment or bitterness when you are the one carrying the brunt of everything? Because generally, it is the mom who is doing a lot of things. How are you not getting angry at Mark? Well, I experienced a lot more health issues with the third baby after the third baby, Mm -hmm. and which meant it introduced a whole new host of issues like postpartum blues. I never had that before. Pain and difficulty in nursing. I just hit my stress factors were so high, and that's probably the lowest I've ever been. And I remember looking at Mark and going, mind you, he's the most helpful caring, considerate. Like he is the literal best. There's nothing he would not do. But I just remember looking at him and being like, your life didn't change. I had this baby and my body is wrecked. I'm in so much pain. I am sleep deprived. I feel like a, a prisoner in Guantanamo Bay. I'm literally miserable. Mm-hmm. And you get to go up and go to work every morning, go have your meetings and come home and there's dinner. And then you play with the kids and give them baths and then you go to bed. And that pissed me off so Mm -hmm. badly that my life was in shambles. It felt like I didn't know I was just a mess. And so I had to realize when I get that way, for one, Mark and I both address, we're out of sync and Mm -hmm. that's good for us. But number two, 
I just have to go back and say, he is, he's so great at this. He is so thoughtful about this. And sometimes I had to verbalize that to Mark and I felt better saying, I know you did nothing wrong, but I need you to know I am a mess right now. And I really need you to understand that I'm, <laughs> I feel resentment towards you and it's not fair, but I just needed to verbalize that. And I, it would clear the air. I would feel so much better about it. And he would go out of his way to make things easier on me. Ryan basically said to me, you have these expectations that I never put on you, that you mm. are achieving because you have decided they need to be done. That's so, true. That's fair. I will get up if you want me to get up with the baby, but you have to tell, you have to ask me because I am not going to hear it over my snoring. He didn't say it that way, but that was it's how essentially I what he took said. it. That's how I heard it. <laughs> That's the summarized version. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, having dinner ready, having all of that, like I can't, I can only be as involved as you let me, That's but true. I personally <clears throat> felt like I needed to do it all. If I'm going to be a great mom, I have to be able to do all of these things and I don't want to ask for help. That's a key word. You just said ask for help. That is, I'm a prideful individual. You're a prideful individual. We struggle with this. I will say anybody listening, if you have any type of support system, anybody that says, let me come over and bring you dinner. Let me come over and, you know, do a little laundry. Never, ever tell them no. Mm-hmm. For one, they want to do it. Number two, you need them to do it. I remember right after I had Hagen, you called me. I swear he was maybe a week, two weeks old, two, two to three weeks old. You called me and you said, Hey, I have this massage that someone gave me. I'm going to give it to you. And you go. And so I was like, I don't know. He's so little. And you're like, no, it's fine. And if you're ever going to leave your baby with someone, it can be broke because she has three of, she's a professional. He'll, they might he'll be live through it. at some point. He'll live through it. But, <laughs> and so I brought him over and Henley and he said, go. So I, I go. Forgot about this. But here was the problem is I was recovering from a C-section. They make me fill out this paperwork. They're like, do you have any medical problems that we need to know about? I was like, oh, actually, I just recently got cut open and a human being was pulled out of me. I literally was sawed in half. And then I was sewed back up. So if you can't, if you need to know that for this massage. Can you just rub my feet? Literally all they could do. They like, I couldn't even like, you know, they want you to undress. I couldn't even un- like take pants off because I mean, it, my guts would fall out. Like, I, 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 It's like a busted can of biscuits. <laughs> and so I figured out, plus a massage. It's just awkward anyway because you don't know. But here was the, what was so special about it is you knew what it was like to not feel yourself and to not feel to feel like you're falling apart and you're just a mess. And you said you want to do something nice and good. And that was the best shoulder rub I've ever had. Well, I will I'm say so that. Glad. If someone wants to help you, especially if you don't have family in town, you've got to take it. Especially always say yes when someone wants to step in and do something for you. I think that's a huge takeaway because pride will tell you not to. In the busyness of it all, how do you prioritize a relationship with Jesus? For one, I will say that my walk with Jesus has never been as awesome as it is now. For one, I I think having kids is a picture of the Heavenly Father. You know, like you get to see the love that you have for your kids and imagine His love for you. And that is perspective giving. Number two is I have to absolutely have to start my day with Jesus. When the girls get up early, my day's thrown off because I've not had time to get my mind right when they're my alarm clock. And I think I've given this advice to other moms before. I have to start my day with Jesus and coffee. It's not just Jesus. It's also, I'm preparing my mind mentally and emotionally. And when I'm at the foot of Jesus and I'm asking for grace, it's a lot easier for me to extend grace to my kids too. And so my attitude is not so sharp and so unforgiving. And so I have to, as a mom, to be a good mom and wife, I have to start my day with Jesus. And if I don't get that, if they wake me up, I have to make time for it throughout the day. We have to have mandatory quiet time or nap time. Or mm-hmm. I have a habit of going to Dunkin' Donuts probably five days a week. You have a habit. You are an addict. It is. But the thing is, it's not even about the coffee anymore. It's about, I just made it through the war zone that is getting everybody ready to get out of the house in the morning. Which is... You burn probably 2,000 calories I'm if you had kidding. a heart rate monitor on. 
I never, when I'm trying to get Henley's pants on, I sweat because it's just, there's so jump, much going <laughs> Just trying to get us all out. I need that drive to Duncan and back to listen to some worship music and make sure I'm not going to walk into the office and take a life just yes. because someone looks at me wrong. And it's not even about the coffee anymore, but you gave me this advice recently when you said, don't let your kids be in your alarm, alarm clock. You have to intentionally be the one that starts your day the way you want it to start. Otherwise, if they the ones that wake you, you're going from zero to a hundred as soon as you so quickly. That I mean, they want to be fed. They want it, they want this and that. And Why do you, they want food? I don't know. So my mean. kids literally get in my face every morning. They want waffles. When you first had your kids, did you or did you not have a star next to your name when you would call the pediatrician? And when they would answer and hear it was, you could hear them talking in the background, like rolling their eyes. Yes, felt like it. it's her again. Just just put it on speakerphone and walk away because she's going to talk for a little while. Did you? Was that just me or did you? It was just the, you. No, there, I think was, a lot. I think there's a lot of moms like that. You know how I said I'm a fly by the seat of my pants type of person. I am. So I did. I let a lot of things roll. But number two is my mom was a nurse, was still a nurse. So I would call her for everything. And she would always talk me off the ledge. I didn't have teeth questions for about a year. (laughs) I remember, I vividly remember Henley was six weeks old. My mom came over for something. I had the phone in my hand and I was looking at Henley and she said, what happened? And I said, well, she just coughed and it didn't sound like a normal cough. And I was about to call the pediatrician. And I swear my mom, it was like, she was talking to someone off a ledge. She was like, just put the phone down. Put the phone down. Your phone. You don't have to go. I think I do. I really feel like I need to call right now. And I swear, that's why my pediatrician, when I go, I can just see the knowledge in her eyes of you're a little off. So I'm going to talk very slowly to you. And carefully about what is going on because you will. I was so. I appreciate it though. About you all love and care for your babies. There's nothing wrong with it. And that's why you'll let me keep your babies now. I will. <laughs> and you feed them whenever they want. What was the toughest part for you from going from one to two? One to two was my favorite transition. So one, life changing. You are responsible for a human. Two, our second baby is very relaxed, sweet, bubbly, and just a happy kid. So she was super easy. One to two was easy. Two to three is what changed our life. When we went from one to two, I experienced guilt like I had never experienced before. Mm. Because I remember them coming to visit me at the hospital and Henley wouldn't get in the hospital bed with me. Oh, and for like a week your heart. after bringing Hagen home, she would not have anything to do with me. And I felt so guilty. Like she no longer felt loved. She's your girl. Or like I wanted her to be my best friend still. And she didn't know what to do with this new baby. She came in and said, can you put that back in? Um, so it was a great start to our relationship. Can we, can we try? What happens? I think everybody feels that you don't know. You don't know how you can love another kid. Like you love your first or your second, you know, until they get cried on the way to the hospital. I'll never get in the car. And I start sobbing. Ryan made me go to the hospital. I was contracting all day. I refused to go. He made me go that night and I was sobbing. And I said, what have we done? What we are living the life. We sleep. She eats. She talks to us. Why are we doing this again? And I just remember Ryan looking at me and being like, we can't really back out of this now. What is something that you said you would never do that you do? I am not creepy. I just want to preface. I always got grossed out by people who would kiss their kids on the lips. Yeah, because it's gross. But then you have a baby and you just, I just want to kiss their head and their face and their ears and their hands. And I just love them so much. I started kissing my babies on the lips. And I I can't do it for my eight-year-old. She knows that we're not kissing. 14. She's still kissing her on the lips. 21. Come here. Give mama a smooch. Give mama a smooch. No, she's eight and I kiss her on the forehead or the cheek. The other baby's like, 
you know, they're in bunk beds and I'm going to jump up and peck them on the, on the lips and it's okay. It is they're still sweet. sweet. But I still can't bring myself to do oh, it. No. Ryan Henley's a lip kisser. She <laughs> loves it, but Ryan will not accept it. And she will just hold his face still. Like she will hold the hostage and sweet. Well, he doesn't know. And it's in, when I'm in the other room, I tell her, daddy wants a kiss on the lips. And she'll go in and just give him a big old one. Ryan, he can't you say listening? no. He can't. Can. Here's the thing I said I would never do. I said I would never refer to Ryan as dad. <laughs> It just in public, like, hey, yeah. dad, grab the macaroni or yeah. dad, don't forget to get this. Like, I, it's like his name is not Ryan anymore. I literally refer to him He's as lost dad. Even when the kids aren't there. Yeah. Which always felt so a little bit cultish. And now Henley and Hagen refer to each other as brother and sister. I think it's Also sweet. said I would never do that. But I called them brother and sister. I, it, I said I would never do it. We've gone down that road. There's and a then, lot of parenting things that you look back you do that you thought you'd never do. Like, I think that's most of parenting, My mom to be said honest. To me when I was pregnant, she said, I said something like, gosh, I'll never do that. I don't get why they do that. Mom said, your kids are going to make a liar out of you over Ooh, and over Carol, again. That your is kid will true. make you a liar. That's super true. Because I said, even parenting, people, absolutely. people who don't have kids and then judge how they would have, how they would treat their kids. They you're just a have perfect no parent. If you don't have kids, you just have no clue. You think you're the perfect they, parent. Uh, they, not that they own you, but they change the game. Yes. Like you, you have to figure out what works. So with that in mind, there's an expectant mom listening. What's your piece of advice for her? Well, we talked on it a little bit, but accept all the help that you can get. And also be flexible. Like if your game plan changes, plan A doesn't pan out. Plan B works great. Is your child alive? Then you're doing a great job, mom. So honestly, be flexible. It's okay. My number one thing would be too, with the flexible, don't trap yourself in the house. Oh, we, when I had Henley, I thought I couldn't take her anywhere. I was too scared to take her anywhere because I didn't know what she would do. And I learned along the way that the baby feels what you feel. I didn't know that. They feel the fear. They do the anxiety. They feel it too. And you can almost immediately count down to when they react to it. Like when the anxiety starts building up in you. You can just watch their face change because yeah. they will feel what you feel. I didn't go anywhere with Henley with my first. And emotionally, that was too much. It is hard on you. You it lose was, your sense of self. It was way too much. But then with Hagen, I was out probably a week after he was born. We were out doing stuff, mainly because I had a two-year-old that was not going to stay in the house. Right. But I was a different person because I was around friends. I had fresh air. I mean, it was the best thing Ooh, I could have done. And even if you don't go anywhere, get up, take a shower. Fix your hair and put out like a little bit of makeup. I'm not saying Tammy Faye Baker it, but just make yourself feel, you just want to feel better. Mm-hmm. And it, there's something feel about taking a shower and feeling like a better version of yourself that makes you feel human again. And it improves your mood. It really does change things. With my second, I took showers as an escape. Oh. I would tell Ryan, up oh, time for my shower. And I kid you not, I'd turn on a Netflix show and just sit yes. in yes. just I might as well have brought a camping chair and just sat down because I stayed in there so long. He can't come well, to you. Yeah, I locked the door. Sorry, in the shower. Can't hear you. Very busy. Cannot come out. I've never been, like, but my hygiene was through the roof. My legs were always shaved. I did facials in the shower. I did all of it just so I could have, like, 20 minutes. Of, you were glowing. I, I've, looked, I've never looked better. I haven't. I mean, it's going to hill since, but at that time... And also for first time moms, here's what you need to know. If you've just had a baby within the last two months, you're skinny. You look skinny. You, you look tell great. yourself that every day. Like you look you, great. I don't. You I'm birthed a child. You created mm-hmm. a human being. Mm-hmm. You look great. And there's some people in life, Brooke being one, and I don't want to hear otherwise. You have a baby and you go back to looking exactly like you did before you That's were not pregnant. True. It is so. Oh, it's not you're true. You're one of those. No. And it's okay. I've accepted it and I'm still your friend. I've worked through it. It's really it, not true. And I still want you in my life. But the rest of us, 
who did not get blessed with those genes. I don't think I ever, I didn't feel normal again for a, for a while, Yeah. but I was still happy because my kids were happy. And there were days I did wake up and try to put on my old jeans and I would cry because I couldn't get them buttoned. And I would just lay on the bed with my pants unbuttoned and cry for just a minute just to get myself <laughs> I wish somebody documented that. <laughs> I don't think you want to see what that looked like. Talk about a can of Busted Biscuits. We're going to do this at that because that's what it looked like trying to get these. I'll never forget the friend that did this to me. She got married like four months after I had Henley. Oh. And so I had to guess what my size would be in this stupid dress. And it was too small. It's like bridesmaids. I'm a size whore. Oh, I, it was not that. But in my head, I was like, I'll lose this weight so fast. Yeah. Great. It was not the thing. And I've never cried so hard in my life. But your body will go back to normal. It does. You it just takes time. There. But it, and if my mom said to me one more time, it takes nine months to put it on and nine months to lose it. Carol? Carol about the size of my pinky toe. So you don't get to speak. It, does, it doesn't resonate. Anyhow. They could be speaking truth and you just want I people know. to tell you what you want to hear. She also told me this story. She said, um, <clears throat> Callie, when you go to the hospital, people told me to bring my maternity clothes to wear home, but they were too big for me. They fell right off of me. So you just need to take your old jeans with you. Cause I'm sure they'll fit after your body. You get out, get Why out. Why are you bringing jeans that. anywhere? She literally went straight back into the jeans she was wearing before she even got pregnant. Like it was nothing. Your mom also delivered one of your brothers in the floor and of her living room. Yeah, I know. And, and she, you she want to just, talk about standards and expectations. I mean, I would be, I'd need a lot of therapy if I were you, just because that's a, that's a really high standard. So to wrap this up, we talked about all the things that no one tells you, but what's one thing you are so thankful someone did tell you about? What's something in your life? Doesn't even have to be as a mom. What is a product, a show, a movie, a book, exercise, <laughs> Anything mm. that you love right now that you're just so about. I'm going to split these. I've got two. My friend, Sarah, she was really big on me getting rid of my Glade plugins. And so I finally gave in and for holistic purposes and because I love smelly good things, I'm doing diffusers and I just started doing lavender in the kids' bedrooms and they're sleeping great. Does it work? Yes. Listen, it I say work. all the time. And it smells really good. You drank the Kool-Aid, but the Kool-Aid's legit. The Kool-Aid is super me. legit. Also, there's thieves that you can burn in your house and it smells like I autumn. I literally was just talking to her about this this morning. It's so great. There's cleaning stuff. And it's great. And number two is my children loved baby Einstein's. You know, you can download it mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a show that they enjoy, but they learn their numbers. They learn the alphabet and it's That's really great. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is for. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is weird. It is just super weird to watch. <laughs> I feel like I need to be doing an illicit drug or something to follow, <laughs> but like little Einstein's and the number factory and the counting, all this stuff that actually my kids learn their alphabet and stuff very easily. And, and they're great babysitters. They- <laughs> you turn that on and you just get stuff done. I don't care. You give them 30 minutes of iPad time. Yeah, that's all they need. And they're smarter for it and you're happier for it. You know what? It's okay. Don't overdo it. Don't become technology hogs. Give them a little tech time, but make sure if they get tech time, it's got some value. Exactly. I'm with you. Well, Brookie, you're the best mom that I know. Aww. You're the mom I want to be like. And I'm excited for what this next stage of momming looks like for us. Thanks for having me. Well, that's about it for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. And hey, if you liked it, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. Does that sound desperate? Feels a little bit desperate asking you to do that. But you know what? Oh, well, I love hearing your feedback. So make sure you check out no one told me podcast.com and I'll see you next time. <laughs>